This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. I can't believe I'm saying this. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line by the one and only Jennifer Aniston. Why did Jennifer Aniston start a hair care company? Because she was tired of choosing between hair products that work and hair products that are actually good for us. But thanks to Lola V, we never have to choose again. No silicones, no sulfates, parabens, or gluten. And of course, it's cruelty-free and vegan. The Glossing Detangler and Perfect Conditioner are my personal favorites. Not only do they repair the look of damaged hair, but they also shield it from future harm. The first step to unlocking confidence in your dating life and your daily life is feeling confident about your hair. So unlock Jennifer Aniston approved hair at lolav.com. And as listeners of Seeing Other People, you're getting an exclusive 15% off off of your entire order when you use code Seeing Other People at checkout. That's 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com with promo code Seeing Other People. Please note you can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After your purchase, they will ask you where you heard about them. Please, please, please support Seeing Other People and let them know that I sent you. You guys are in for a treat because support for today's episode comes from the best of the best, Jenny Kane. And yes, there is a discount, so keep on listening. You know that feeling when you get a new sweater and it instantly becomes basically another layer of your skin? Like you wear it everywhere for everything all the time. Okay, well, Jenny Kane has become my literal uniform. And if you don't know Jenny Kane, I'm pretty much about to change your life because Jenny Kane's clothes did that to mine. Jenny Kane is a California brand with luxurious staples that will transform your closet. Think minimalist and effortless, but totally refined. They have the coziest cashmere sweaters and iconic accessories that will elevate your everyday basics. I don't know if I wear my cashmere fisherman hoodie or my cropped cashmere cocoon cardigan more. All I know is that I cannot live without either of them. Whether it's a cozy night in with the girls, a dinner date with Jake, or catching a flight to Florida to see my parents, these sweaters are perfect for every single occasion. And I couldn't be happier when I'm wearing them because I'm so comfy. And you guys know me. I always choose comfort over how something looks. But with Jenny Kane, I don't have to choose because I get comfort and I get style. All right. So we have the discount code coming for you. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Seeing other people listeners get 15% off their first order when you use code SOP at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com. Promo code SOP, S-O-P. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Hey guys, it's Alana and welcome back to another episode of Seeing Other People. Together, we're navigating modern dating alongside experts and real-life daters who are sharing their stories. Don't have a date for tonight? No problem. Come learn, laugh, and maybe even cry along with us as we navigate the dating scene together. Hey guys, it's Alana and welcome back for another episode of Seeing Other People. I am doing one of my favorite kinds of episodes today, and I'm so excited. We have a solo Q&A app today. So first and foremost, thank you to everybody who sent in questions. Don't forget, you can always submit a question at the link in my bio on Instagram. There is a form you can fill out. It's also saved as a highlight on Instagram, and you can write as much as you want. Give me as much context as you want into what is going on so I can help you to the best of my ability. And if I can't help answer your question, I will bring in an expert guest who can. Also want to give a shout out to some of these amazing dating wins that were sent in that I need to share and need to kick off this episode with because I really am just so proud of you all. And I think my favorite part and like the coolest thing about these dating wins is I see you guys week after week saying, you know, maybe one week it's like I ended things with somebody who couldn't give me what he deserved or who was making me feel anxious. And then a few weeks later, that same person's writing in that they're getting back out there after taking a little break because of something bad that happened with somebody. And then a few weeks later, that person saying like they met someone, they're going on a third date with them and they're so excited. Like it's so cool. And 
to see this journey unfold. And I know for everybody else looking at the responses that I'm sharing on the story, everything's anonymous. So you guys have no idea. But what you don't know is that you're like following people's love stories as they unfold from like dramatic, painful breakup into like the healing process and then into getting back out there and then like really finding somebody great. And it's just so cool that we get to do this together. And I love it. So thank you guys for sharing. Okay. Ooh, this is a fun one to start off. Somebody said, my boyfriend got added to the group chat by my friends. That is so fun. There is nothing more exciting than seeing your new person click with your people. And somebody else also said, my boyfriend met my best friend and her husband and we had such a good time and they really liked him. It's just so fun. Like that's such a big milestone meeting the friends or them meeting your friends and it going well. Like nothing feels better than that. And it's so exciting of like, oh, we all get to like do this together in the future. We all get to have double dates and go do things together. Maybe even go on like trips together. It's just so fun. All right. We got in all caps date four with a ton of exclamation points, a good date for a ton of exclamation points. Let's go. Guys, getting to date four is like once in a blue. Like that never happens. That's literally so rare. I don't even know what metaphor to use to describe how rare it is to get to date four. So anyone who's gotten to date four ever, I'm proud of you. That's like a huge accomplishment in this day and age. Somebody said, opened up about dating anxieties and he was so understanding and accommodating. I love that so much. I know how scary it can be to open up about what makes you anxious. It's like one of the most vulnerable things you can do and say, but the payoff is so huge. And I'm just, I know I keep saying I'm proud of you guys, but like, I'm so proud of anyone who does that or like, no matter how scared you are, if you can get yourself to open up and be a little vulnerable, it just pays off like tenfold. Someone said, I had two dates with someone that wasn't a long-term fit, but it was such a positive dating experience. Yes. Okay. I'm so here for the positive dating experiences, even if it ends. It can end, but it can still be a positive, healthy experience, an experience that brought you joy, an experience that made you happy, an experience where you learned something about, you know, oh, this is what it feels like to be treated right. Just because it ended doesn't mean that you can't still look back and be so grateful for it and have gratitude and, you know, look back and think positively of the person, of the situation and be glad that it happened. Somebody said, stopped overthinking about the guy that stopped texting me and moved on. Let's go. Love that. Another one said, I expressed vulnerability to my partner and felt heard. Just like I said before, like that's the biggest thing and most amazing thing you can do. So I'm really proud of you. And I'm so glad that you felt heard. And somebody else said, I matched with a guy I typically wouldn't go for. We had a great first date and I'm looking forward to our second I love that. I love the stepping out of your comfort zone and trying something different and, you know, maybe experimenting with somebody who's not usually your type. I think more often than not, it actually goes well and it's a pleasant surprise. And I think part of that is because you don't have expectations through the roof. There's not, not all this pressure because like you think this person is going to be the one. You actually think they're not going to be the one. So you're probably a little more laid back and calm and just able to actually be yourself rather than going into this date, feeling all this pressure because of how badly you want it to work out, you know? All right. That is it for dating wins. Make sure you're following along at seeing other people on Instagram for more dating wins every week. I usually post them every Sunday so we can, you know, reflect on the week, but also kickstart our new week with these wins and this positive mindset. Okay. Before we get into questions, I just want to give you guys a little update because every single time I post a question box, people are asking for wedding planning updates, but I know not everybody wants them. So I'll keep it brief. 
I need to vent to you guys about one aspect of wedding planning that's made me feel really uncomfortable. And it's this concept or the act, I guess, of creating a wedding registry where if you haven't gone to any weddings yet, people basically create this website, whether it's on Bloomingdale's or Crate and Barrel or William Sonoma or Zola or any of these like wedding websites. And you create a registry where you're basically registering for gifts. So you're like essentially choosing gifts that you want people to get you. And it's a very common thing. Like I, every single person I know who's gotten married has made a wedding registry. And, you know, all my parents' friends, as soon as we got engaged, it's like, oh, like, where's the registry? We want to get them engagement gifts. And anywho, it's a normal thing to do when you're getting married. I, for one, feel very uncomfortable that I am creating this list of things that I am hoping or in a way expecting people to buy me. And let me tell you, like, these aren't shabby things. Like a lot of this stuff is really nice. Like the idea of the registry is, oh, like people who are celebrating your wedding and your marriage want to buy you nice things as gifts for your future home and your life together. And like, it's a really nice concept. And I understand why it is what it is. It makes sense. But it's so weird. Like I feel I feel uncomfortable. Like I'm asking people to buy me these nice things that I don't necessarily need. I have less nice versions of these things that I'm like fine with. It's also weird because, you know, all of these things are coming like people are buying these things for my like quote unquote future home. Like, well, guess what? Right now I live in a one bedroom apartment that has no storage space where like every inch of space is taken up by an extra dresser. Like there are like seven dressers floating around my apartment just to have drawers to put things in. So like, I don't know where this nice stuff is going. It's not going here. And I don't, we don't plan to like move somewhere where we have more space or like a house for like years and years. So it's so weird, this concept of like, picking out gifts that are like very aspirational that in a way I want to have like in 10 years, but people want to buy them for us now. And it's even weird. Like it's just weird. The whole thing is weird and it makes me uncomfortable. And I don't know. I feel weird about it. We made this like honeymoon fund and like Jonas Brothers ticket fund on our wedding website and registry too. Then I'm like, okay, maybe people will, you know, if they want to give us cash instead or like want to donate to that fund instead of like buying us this crystal bowl, like maybe they'll do that. And for me, that feels way more like digestible of like, okay, yes, we're going to spend a lot of money on a honeymoon. And it would be so wonderful if our guests would like contribute to that if they're going to give us a gift. I don't know. The whole thing is so bizarre. But I think like I love activities. I love doing things like those are how I make my memories. And so I think any type of like I'm all for cash funds. Like I love when I'm going to my friend's weddings. I love contributing to their cash fund or just writing a check And the more I see these like honeymoon funds, there's actually a specific one called Honey Fund, which is really cool. And we started to use Honey Fund. It's like you're actually just contributing money directly to that couple's honeymoon fund. And they're going to use that money to book hotels and dinners and massages and nice, wonderful, fun experiences on their honeymoon. And like, I feel so much more okay with that than people buying me, like I said, like a crystal bowl or like placemats that I'm going to use for Thanksgiving when I'm 40. I don't know. It's weird. I'm curious what anyone else thinks about the registry stuff, but I've been struggling with that a lot. So other updates. I finally figured out what I want to do for my engagement shoot. Yes, we did take pictures when we got engaged, but most photographers include an engagement shoot in the quote unquote package when you book them for your wedding as like a get to know you. They get to learn our vibe. We get to learn their vibe. Like So they're they're not showing up on your wedding day and just be like, hi, we're going to take pictures with you all day. Like You're literally with your photographer 
all day on your wedding. So you do an engagement shoot and I have been so conflicted for literally months and months on what I want to do. And I'm so excited. I finally figured out the vibe and the place and I'm figuring out what I want to wear. And I cannot wait for it to all come to life. Like this is the first time I really had a vision for a type of thing like that. And I think it's going to be really, really cool and fun. Raise your hand if you have dating anxiety. All right. All right. I know that everyone has their hands up and I get it. I had debilitating anxiety when I was single. And even when I first started dating Jake, I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop. And I know that is not a good way to feel and that is not a fun way to date. And I get it. It can be hard to find an anxiety relief tactic that works for you. That's why I'm so excited to introduce you to a new one that has helped me dramatically with my wedding and work stress and anxiety over the last few months. And trust me, there's been a lot of it. Sunset Lake CBD is an amazing company that not only has helped me feel so much better, but they also have a really cool history and mission. Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. As farmers, they believe in providing only top-shelf CBD and hemp products at fair prices. So they cut out the middlemen and they ship their CBD straight from their farm to your door, which means that their CBD is affordable and trusted because CBD and anxiety relief can help everyone and they want it to be accessible to anyone. Trust me when I say that when I'm stressed or anxious, my sleep is the first thing to go. But despite everything I have going on right now, I've been taking a sleep gummy before bed and my sleep scores on my aura ring have been through the roof. Plus, I'm finding myself relaxing more at night and being able to turn off my work brain and my anxiety with the help of their CBD gummy bears and reishi infused chews. Whether you want to sleep better, relax better, focus better, recover better, or anything in between, Sunset Lake CBD has something for everyone. So check them out today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use code SOP for 20% off your order. That's code SOP for 20% off farmer-owned, Vermont-grown Sunset Lake CBD. Brave the uncomfortable. Those are the words engraved on my bracelet that have gotten me through some of the most anxiety-inducing moments over the last few years. And that's why I could not be more excited to encourage you all to get a Presently bracelet of your own with a phrase that resonates with you. Presently is a line of mindfulness bracelets engraved with words inspired by cognitive behavioral therapy. The brand was started by two sisters, Lindsay and Emily, who have obsessive compulsive disorder, aka OCD, and anxiety. They realized that when stuck in an anxiety spiral, it's hard to put into practice the tools that they learned therapy sessions. They looked and looked for bracelets that could serve as reminders to interrupt that spiral, but they couldn't find anything besides the cheesy good vibes only and no bad days types of messaging. They started presently to bring more authenticity to self-help anxiety management. And as someone who has had a presently bracelet for three years, I mean it when I say it really makes a difference. So whether you need encouragement to make it onto that date that you've been anxious about, a calming mantra to get you through a big day at work, or simply a reminder that you're not alone presently has your back. Their bracelets are so beautiful and elevated and they also make amazing gifts. And I know because I have gifted a few over the years and my friends were so excited to get one and have worn them ever since. There are six phrases to choose from. And if you're indecisive, there's a quiz that you can take to help you choose the perfect reminder for your anxiety. Plus, 5% of each bracelet is donated to your choice of four mental health nonprofits. I wholeheartedly love and support Presently, and I know that your Presently bracelet will bring you as much comfort as mine has brought me. So head to presentlybracelets.com. That's P-R-E-S-E-N-T-L-Y bracelets.com for 10% off your order using code seeingotherpeople. 
Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. When I first started seeing other people, some of my closest friends and family could not believe it. Not because they didn't think I was capable of being a podcast host, but because I usually can't get through a sentence without sniffling. And during allergy season, forget about it. My seasonal allergies are debilitating, and my sinus congestion and pressure has always left me feeling so sick. But luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Claritin D has truly transformed my life. Not only can I breathe better and sleep better since taking Claritin D, but I also can get through the day so much smoother. I used to have to cancel plans because of how bad my allergies were. I'd go through a tissue box a week, sometimes more, and my eyes were always watery. But Claritin D's fast symptom relief starts working on allergies with nasal congestion in as little as 30 minutes, and it tackles nasal congestion caused by allergies or a cold and also relieves sinus congestion and pressure due to allergies. It's truly the greatest thing I've ever come across and I am so grateful that I found it and started using it. Are you ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now so you can live Claritin Clear. Use as directed. I started wedding dress shopping this past week, which was so crazy, and I really didn't know what to expect, and I honestly was really nervous. I thought it was going to be a pretty terrible experience, but I will say, so far, it's actually been really pleasant and, dare I even say, fun and enjoyable. I've had a great time. I've tried on 33 dresses so far. I'm hoping that that number doesn't get to become that much more. But um, I've had a really good time. I went into it. You know, I would say I didn't know what I wanted. But then I would go on Pinterest because everyone's telling me, okay, your wedding planning now. You have to become a Pinterest girl. I'm like, okay, sure. And every single thing that I pin looks exactly the same. So I'm like, oh, I guess I do know exactly what I want. But I don't know. I guess I'll see what happens when I try it on. And the dress that I seemed to pin every single picture of on the planet I tried on first and I didn't love it. I actually didn't love the style at all. I didn't dislike it, but there was a lot about it that just like didn't feel right. And so I kind of backed away from it. And then I ended up, I'm kind of finding my fit in terms of like a little bit of this, a little bit of that, but like not too much of that. Like, oh, what about a little bit of this? There are some elements of what I'm liking that I definitely did not expect to like. And I know I'm being vague as fuck right now, but that is what I have to do. So I have not found the dress yet. I have narrowed it down to a top three. Um, I still have one more place to go, maybe more than one, but the place that I've been like most looking forward to going to, I have not gone yet to see a specific designer's dresses. So we'll see what happens there, but I don't know. It's, we got competition. That's for sure. But I will say compared to the rest of the wedding planning process, this might actually be my favorite part of it because everything else like booking a venue and a band and a photographer and a videographer and all this other stuff, like all these vendors, I it's basically like the second you get engaged, you feel all this pressure to start interviewing people, start going and seeing venues because 
once somebody takes it for a certain day, that's it. You know, if you fall in love with the photographer and their style of photography, but they're booked on the day of your wedding, you can't use them. And same thing with the venue. Like if you fall in love with the venue, but they don't have dates available at all or in the time of year you want to get married, then there goes your venue. So this was the first time where it's like you go and try on wedding dresses and they have these dresses on the floor for you to try on. They're not your size. They're not like ready to go out the door. Basically, you try on dresses and then you order one. So I don't feel all this pressure of like, oh my God, I need to make a decision today because no one else is taking my dress for my day. And if somebody else is choosing that dress on the same day, they can. A a million other people can all over the world. But that doesn't mean that I don't get the dress. So that's something I kind of realized today as I was feeling a lot of like ease while trying on dresses is this lack of pressure. And it reminded me about dating where I wish with dating, and I'm not even kidding, like I thought about this as I was trying on dresses. I'm like, wow, how nice is it to not feel pressure for once? And it's like, we put all of this pressure on ourselves when we are dating, when we're going on first dates, when we're having conversations on the apps that, okay, this person has to be it. Because if not, then I'm back to square one. But that's not true. You're never back to square one because you're learning so much along the way. You're a different person today than you were six months ago, six, a year ago, six years ago. So there's no actual ticking time bomb or like you need to meet somebody by this day in order for it to work out for them to fit into your life. That's not true. So I really want to encourage everybody, any dates you're going on this week, this month, just try and take the pressure off. You don't need to go on this date and impress the shit out of them or decide like, are they husband material or wife material or partner material, whatever. Just go and be yourself and go into it wanting to have fun because the rest is kind of out of your control. Whether this works out, whether you and this person are a fit, like they have a whole set of morals and values and their whole personality and sense of humor and all these things. And you have all of that for you. And it's either going to fit or it's not. There's only so much you can do. So the best way to set yourself up for success is really to go into it with the mindset of like, cool, I'm meeting somebody new tonight and I'm going to have a good time. And if I get a second date out of it, that's the cherry on top. But that's not everything. Like it's not a failure if I don't do that. Like that's kind of how I've been looking at dresses. Even the ones I don't like, I'm like, okay, well, let me figure out what I don't like about this dress. Or wow, okay, I love that one element, but the rest doesn't feel like me. Okay, so let me look for other dresses with more of that element or with that element in a shape that I like better. It's really just figuring out what works and building on that and figuring out what doesn't work and building on that too. And I think it's so important to take away what you don't like and figuring out what doesn't work for you. All of that is just as important as figuring out what you do like and what does work for you. So try and remember all of that as you go into your dates this week and this month. And I'm excited for you guys. And I'm excited for me and nervous, but I'll keep you guys posted. Maybe we'll see. All right, let's get into these listener questions. The first one we have says, Alana, what are your thoughts on moving in first before getting married or getting married first before moving in? I am a firm believer that you should move in together before you get married. And part of the reason I say that is because most of my married friends who I've talked to have said that getting married wasn't the transition. It wasn't the thing they had to work through. It wasn't the thing they had to really learn anything about each other during, but moving in together was. The actual act of moving in and combining your spaces 
was more of a like, okay, how can we work through this together? Okay, this thing that you do bothers me and this thing that I do bothers you. So like, how can we not change too much of ourselves, but like work together to make this work? And I've heard a lot of stories of people moving in together and realizing, okay, I can never live with this person. Like this is not it. And this relationship needs to end. Thank God we moved in together before getting engaged, getting married so we could figure this out now. That being said, I one of my best friends did get married to her now husband before they moved in together. And from her perspective, they had the most exciting time getting married. They were so excited to get married because that was really the start of their lives together. Like getting married that weekend, like right after they got married, that's when they moved in together. And it was so fun. It was so exciting. It was the definition of this new chapter. Whereas if you live together before you get married, getting married, is really just like signing a contract and having a party, like not much else actually changes. So I know the two of them really enjoyed that process because it made getting married even a bigger deal. And for them, it worked out beautifully. But I just think it's almost too risky to not live together before. And, you know, we saw this happen during the pandemic. Like so many couples moved in together and realized like, okay, well, we are not meant to be together. And maybe part of that was because they moved in together out of more so necessity versus desire and readiness to move in together. But I do think it really does test your relationship. And, you know, I feel really comfortable in getting married to Jake and the fact that we're engaged because not because, but partially because when we moved in together, it was so seamless and such an easy transition. And there almost was no transition because it felt so natural. It felt so easy. And other than the fact that like we load the dishwasher differently, there hasn't been any points of contention or things that have made us take a step back and be like, is this right? You know, we haven't had to question that a single time because it has just worked. And so knowing that, like that's reassuring. I know there's also a lot of anxiety that comes with moving in together. So if you're going into your wedding day, never having lived with this person, nervous about getting married and nervous about moving in, like, oh my God, what if we do this differently? Or what if like we don't like spending this much time together? Or what if we get on each other's nerves in XYZ way? Or, you know, we don't respect each other's space. You never know. There are a million unknowns there. And it's just another thing to be anxious about and to not feel with 100% confident about. So I'm a hardcore, I don't want to say die hard, like live together before you get married. But yeah, I think it's much safer. I think it is a better recipe for success than just getting married and then moving in together and hoping it works. Those are my two cents on that. Okay. The next question, somebody said, I'm feeling insecure dating a guy who's one inch taller than me. I'm not skinny slash small. So I feel big. Any advice? In this situation, I would say, one, remember that you're feeling insecure about this. So how can you find ways to feel more secure, to feel more comfortable, to feel more confident about it? And do not get it wrong. I'm not saying like, okay, well, you don't consider yourself skinny, like go lose weight. That is absolutely not what I'm saying here. I'm saying, you know, maybe you don't have to wear three inch high heels when you go out. You can wear flats. They're more comfortable anyway. You know, maybe you can encourage him to get some platform shoes if that'll make you feel better. Remember that it's in your head. It's These are your thoughts and, and your thoughts are completely valid. 
but nobody else is looking at you, the two of you together saying, oh, he's only one inch taller than her. Or like, oh, they're practically the same size. Nobody else is thinking that. I'm sure nobody else would even notice in if they looked at a picture of the two of you. I would really suggest like maybe do some inner work in terms of how can you feel more comfortable? Are there certain things that you wear where you feel more confident around him. You know, think about that and maybe lean into wearing those things. I think the shoe thing is huge. And just remembering that this person is choosing to be with you and wants to be with you, height aside, size aside. And what you need to do now is figure out ways to choose yourself too and be proud of who you are and what you look like and love yourself. And I hate that phrase, love yourself, because I know it's the hardest thing in the world to do. And trust me, I do not love myself six out of seven days a week. So I feel like a fraud even sitting here telling you to do that. But really figure out ways for you to feel more confident in this specific situation. You don't have to feel confident every single day, every single minute. That's not realistic. But how can you feel better about the situation? And I would just remind yourself, height is just one thing. There are so many other things and other reasons why you're with this person, why this person is with you. And try and focus on those because I promise you, like I said, at the end of the day, nobody else is looking at this height thing. Nobody else is thinking that you guys are a similar size or whatever it may be. And if this person loves you, you should love you too. Do you feel like you're at a crossroads in your love life? Maybe you're in the thick of modern dating or you're wondering if the person you're with is your person. Whatever your situation, I have the perfect podcast for you. It's called Dateable, your insider's look into modern dating, hosted by Julie Krafchick and Yue Shu. They talk about it all, from why you're choosing the wrong partner and how to stop, to how to actually go from matching on the app to getting on a date, to securing your anxious attachment and everything in between. Julie and Yue have been on Seeing Other People, and I've been a guest on their podcast too, so if you're looking for a great starting point, check out my episode of Dateable, Season 15, Episode 10, Is It Chemistry or Anxiety? Guys, this podcast is incredibly relatable, insightful, and oftentimes hilarious. Wherever you start, Dateable will help you feel inspired to date differently and create a love life that works for you. You can subscribe and listen to episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts every Wednesday and Sunday. So check out Dateable and thank me later. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. All right, next question. A friend of mine in a long-term relationship is ready to move in with her boyfriend, but he suddenly isn't after previously saying he was, and now says he does not know when he will be. He's kind of been freaking out about the future in general, and she thinks that they may break up. Is there a good way out of this? Oof, I feel for your friend. I'm so sorry. This is a really tough situation. I honestly don't think I've heard of a situation like this where it has ended up working out. Because the lack of desire to move in together or like the change of heart about it is really cold feet. And expressing that, like once you express that, it is so hard to cope to come back. Like it is so hard to backpedal that. Yeah, let's move in together. Actually, I don't know if I'm ready. I don't know if I ever will be. Like 
it's going to probably be too hard for your friend to ever look past that, rightfully so, because that is a stab in the back. Like that hurts like hell. And it's probably going to make her question everything. However, she reacts to it is going to make him question everything. And I think more likely than not, it is the start of a probably drawn out and painful breakup. What I would suggest in your friend's best interest is for her to take this as a, I mean, this sucks, but if he doesn't want to move in with me and he doesn't know when he's going to, I'm not going to wait around forever. And I deserve somebody who's sure of me and sure of the next steps and the future. And that's not to say moving in together equals they have to get married, but he has to at least want to explore that and want to explore a future. And if he can't do that, then she's just going to end up wasting her time. And that sucks. You know, I'm sure she was so excited and so ready and ready to explore this next chapter and to find out that he's unsure or isn't ready. That really, really hurts. And I would probably advise her if, if she can find the strength to walk away or say like, well, if you're not sure about our future, then there isn't a future. Um, as opposed to kind of sticking around and letting him change his mind 500 times and, you know, say one thing one day, day and then say the next the next day, like it's just going to kind of spiral into this, this painful bubble of uncertainty for everybody. But I'm sorry. I'm sending her my love. That's so disappointing. And I, I know that she will find somebody who is so excited to move in with her and envision a future with her. And in the meantime, she has you and you're an incredible friend. And soon you guys will be able to laugh about this and go on double dates together and be single together and just know that better things are coming. Alana, how long were you on dating apps and which ones were you on before you met your fiance? Oh, ho, ho. <laughs> I'm so glad you asked. All right. So let's back up to 2012. Um, Tinder started circling around Syracuse University for the first time. I remember sitting in my freshman year dorm room floor, like our common area with Kerwin, and we were on Tinder and she matched with this guy who was a few years older in one of her classes and they ended up dating. So that was my first experience with a dating app and it was Tinder. I don't I definitely did not meet up with anybody from it at the time, but I like went on it and swiped and was like, whoa, what is this thing? My first dating app date was my summer going into senior year of college. And I think it was from Hinge. It was either Hinge or J Swipe. <laughs> um and I met up with this guy who was a year older for drinks. So I hadn't graduated college yet. He already had. So he was like living in the city for a year and clearly had like done the dating thing before. And I had not yet. And I was so embarrassingly like young and innocent. We get to drinks and I'm like, so have you ever done this before? And he's like, done what? And I'm like, you know, like meet up with somebody from a dating app. And he was like, yeah, haven't you? And I was like, nope, it's my first time. And then I literally made us cheers to my first dating app date ever, which in hindsight is like adorable and just so funny of me. But in the moment, I was like mortified. After that, I mean, so that was 2015. I graduated in 2016. Between 2016 and when I met Jake in 2021, that's five years of dating apps. I was never in an official like relationship in that time. A lot of situationships. Most of them did come from dating apps. And I was on every dating app. I was on Hinge. I was on Bumble. I was on Locks Club. I was on JSwipe. I was on Coffee Meets Bagel. I was on The League. Like if there was an app, you you name it, I was on it. I never got accepted to Raya. And that really hurt my ego 
But at the time, it was really just for like celebrities. I was like, but I have a check mark on Instagram because of my job. So you should accept me. And they didn't. Probably because they worked for another dating app, though. Like it actually makes sense that they wouldn't accept me. But yeah, that one was the only one I never really went on. Yeah, a lot of dating apps. I, I wish I could tell you. I wish I counted how many first dates I went on. And it's shocking that I didn't because of how much I keep track of literally everything. I'm really sad that I did not make a note in my phone of everybody I went on a first date with, but in another life. All right. Next question. Should you trust your gut early on in the dating process or give people the benefit of the doubt? It depends. I think trust your gut nine out of 10 times. I do like to give people the benefit of the doubt if A, they haven't done anything to make me not give them the benefit of the doubt. Like if they've shown me that they're a good person and you know, they're communicative, they're following up. They, if they have to cancel about something, they're apologetic and they're rescheduling and it doesn't seem like a crazy fake excuse. Like, yeah, shit happens. Things come up. People get sick, whatever. Give people the benefit of the doubt. I tend to give people the benefit of the doubt too many times to a point where it ends up coming back to bite me and hurt me. So that is where I would say if you've given somebody the benefit of the doubt and they kind of gave you a reason to regret that, then absolutely do not give them the benefit of the doubt again. It's like, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. You got to take some responsibility. Similarly, if you've had a situation where every single time, you know, different people, but every time, like for me, it was that, hey, like I like you, but I'm not looking for a girlfriend, but like I like you and I want to keep hanging out if you're down. I always thought, okay, cool. They are saying they like me. You know, they don't like me enough yet to want to date me, but they're saying they like me. So like, maybe I should keep going with it. After the second time, after the third time, after the eighth time, it was not anybody else's fault but my own that I kept getting hurt because I kept letting the same exact thing happen to me. Yes, it was a different person every time, but it was the same situation that I allowed because I gave people the benefit of the doubt. I thought, well, of course they don't want to be my boyfriend yet. They don't know me well enough, but no, they were giving me a reason to walk away. And I thought, well, if I stick around, maybe they'll change their mind. So in that case, I should have gone with like my gut feeling of, wow, I've gotten hurt from this before. This feels dangerous to me. This seems like a road I should not go down. But every single time I was like, "Mm, but you never know, maybe they're a good person and they genuinely do like me and want something in the future. Who knows? No, do not get caught in the same situation over and over because you're giving people the benefit of the doubt. And listen, if that means you walk away from somebody a little prematurely, if they're really interested in you, they will fight for you. They will come back. They will say, hey, sorry, like I am so sorry that I had to cancel this thing and that it happened twice in a row because of work. Like I really, really do want to meet you. Like give me one other more shot and I promise I will make it work this time. Fine. If they are like seemingly so dedicated to proving you wrong or proving themselves right, whatever, sure, let them back in. But I really think that we have like our gut is there for a reason and it often knows things before we do. And sometimes we might not know the reason why our gut's telling us a certain thing, but it usually is right. So trust your gut, trust your instincts, trust your intuition. It usually doesn't lie to you. Dating a resident doctor, steer clear of or no? Oh my God. No, I don't think so. I mean, listen, you got to accept that they're busy and sometimes like their problems might be bigger than yours. 
you know, like their work stress might be different than your work stress. Their work schedules might be different than your work schedule. But if you can accept that and understand that, you know, their priorities might be a little skewed towards their residency instead of, you know, finding time to grab a drink. If you can understand that, then absolutely go for it. You know, if you're somebody who wants constant communication, wants your hand held, wants to be reassured at every minute, wants to make sure you're seeing this person once or twice a week or having multiple sleepovers a week, then this is probably not the right situation for you. But, you know, one of my best friends is a resident in medical school and she has a lot of friends in her program who are single and dating and it's possible. And like she started dating somebody when she was in med school and it's totally worked out. They just had to understand each other and know what each other's priorities were and know that, you know, just because somebody's busy or has to work all night and can't go on a date on a Thursday doesn't mean that they're not just as interested, doesn't mean that they're not serious about making it work. I think the most important thing is just knowing who you are and knowing if this is a situation where you're going to be okay and you can be independent enough to handle it versus if you need, like I said, like your handheld, all the reassurance, the number of dates a week, it just might not be the situation for you. But other than that, I totally am all for it. Busy people deserve love too. Okay. We have two similar questions here. One says, how can I keep a good dating perspective when friends are dating? I'm only 23. And another one says, how do I stop feeling FOMO? I'm 26. I've never dated before, but a lot of my pals are getting married. Okay. First of all, to the 26-year-old whose friends are all getting married, they, your friends are child brides. Like that, That's straight up. Your friends are child brides. And to the person who's 23 and all of the friends are in a relationship, most of those relationships, hate to say it, they're not going to work out. And those people are going to end up having to go through heartbreak and healing and going right back to square one. I know I said before, there's no square one because you learn something along the way, but you know what I mean? Getting back on the apps for the first time, going on a date for the first time in a very long time after a breakup. So totally different situation here. Repeat this to yourself as many times a day as you need. My relationship status is the least interesting thing about me. Okay. My relationship status is the least interesting thing about me. First of all, nobody else cares. Your friends who are in relationships aren't like, oh, but Alana's single. Boo, Alana, that sucks. Like she's missing out on all the relationship fun. Like, no, they are not thinking about that at all. And second, I'm sure your life is filled with so many other exciting things going on. Maybe you're crushing it at work. Maybe you just moved to a new city or a new apartment, or you have great friends who you love hanging out with. You're traveling and doing all these fun things this summer. Like there's so much more to your life than being in a relationship versus being single or dating. I really think my one of my biggest regrets of my 20s is not spending more time just enjoying my own company and learning about myself and learning what I like to do in my spare time. I really didn't do that until COVID forced me to spend so much time with myself. And I think I would have had a much better experience in my dating life, but just in my everyday life, if I had taken more time to really just embrace myself and not judge myself and not be mean to myself because I wasn't in a relationship. You know, I kind of internalized that as like, well, nobody wants to be with me. I'm not good enough. But that wasn't fucking true at all. First of all, I was just picking horrible people and never would have ended up in a healthy relationship based on my choices. But I wasn't proud of who I was and I was putting so much pressure on myself. And really, like, I had so many amazing things going for me that I could have enjoyed. I was going to so many concerts. I had all these different friend groups that I was spending time with, but I was just so mad at myself for being single when some of my friends were in relationships. 
And when I tell you that none of those people are still with those people today. In fact, most of those people are now like engaged or married to different people. So do not spend time being upset that somebody is dating someone or that someone's getting married. That's their own journey and you're on yours. We have all different paths. We have all different timelines. We could compare ours to other people's all day long. We're never going to get anywhere by doing that. And to the person who said that they've never dated before and that's why they feel FOMO, get out there. Start dating. That's all it takes. Download an app. Go to a speed dating event. Go to a singles night. Or even say to one of your friends who's getting married or dating somebody like, hey, does your significant other have any single friends? Or like next time you hang out with their group of friends, like I'd love to come and see if like there's anybody I click with there. You got to just put yourself out there. Baby steps. You got this. All right, let's do one more. And then I'm going to cut this episode off because believe it or not, (laughs) believe it or not, it's the most believable thing in the world. I have a cold right now and my throat is killing me. And I have had to pause this recording about 75 times to sneeze and blow my nose and sniffle. And now the construction that's happening a block away is making a lot of noise. So don't want to keep us all here too much longer than we need. So let's do one or two more. All right. Would you consider someone mildly Christian, as in goes to church once a month, a deal breaker? I recently had a guy dump me because he is so anti-organized religion and seems to think I want to convert him. Okay, I'm so glad you wrote in because no, we need to clear the air here. This is absolutely not a deal breaker. For this specific person, sure, it was a deal breaker. If this person does not sound like the person that you want to date anyway. Put it this way, I am Jewish and I always envisioned ending up with somebody Jewish, I pretty much 99% of the people that I dated were Jewish. But if I had met and fallen in love with somebody who was Christian and went to church once a month, that would not be a deal breaker for me. This person, this is their deal breaker. Not just you being Christian and going to church once a month, but somebody who is participates in any form of organized religion. So even if you didn't go to church once a month, but you were Christian and maybe celebrated Christmas, which is like the least religious thing in the world, it sounds like that would have been a no for this guy. So no, this is not anything about you. This is this person and their thoughts about religion. This has nothing to do with you. Probably nobody else you date is going to view this as a deal breaker. So do not be hard on yourself. Do not question for a second. Do you have to like change up your religious beliefs and practices? Absolutely not. Do you be you And there are going to be so many people out there who love you for you and are so excited that you go to church once a month and that you believe in something and that you practice something. That is beautiful. And that is a part of you. Do not question that. Do not second guess that for a second. This had nothing to do with you and every single thing to do with them. Okay, guys, we are ending this episode now because the construction's out of hand. My throat pain is out of hand and I'm fucking tired. I did not sleep well last night at all. Fun fact about me, whenever I don't sleep or whenever I'm sick, I end up sleeping on the couch. The couch in my apartment is actually the couch that came from my parents' house in Armonk since they sold it about a year and a half ago. When I moved into the apartment, I ended up getting the couch and it is the best couch ever. It is the comfiest couch. It has been through so much. This couch, it's like the phrase, if the walls could talk, like if this couch could talk, I actually would be afraid to know what it's seen. You know, it was in my basement for like two decades of parties. We called them fun at the Duns. Uh, My brothers and I threw parties at our house and this couch was there through it all. So anyways, 
All that to say, this couch has been so like worn in to the point where it is just so comfortable. And if I'm sick, I kind of need to like be sitting upright so that I can breathe. And so I always end up on the couch when in the middle of the night, I think it was at like 5.40 a.m. this morning that I went to the couch. And then I was able to sleep even though I couldn't before. So that's a fun fact about me that you didn't know before. And you probably didn't need to know, but now you know. I sleep on the couch when I'm sick. So thank you, couch, for giving me a little bit of shut eye last night. Hopefully, hopefully we don't meet again tonight, but I think, I think we might. All right, you guys, thank you so, so much for sending in questions. Thank you so much for listening. If there is a friend that you have who would benefit from hearing a single thing in this episode, and we talked about a lot, so I know there is, please, please, please send this episode to a friend, share it on your story, send it to the group chat, leave a five-star review on Spotify, or sorry, a five-star rating on Spotify, a five-star review on Apple. It means so much when you do. It seriously helps so much and goes such a long way. Love you all. Keep sending in those questions and let me know if you love these solo AMAs, these Q&A episodes. Let me know. I will do them more often for you. We can get like a once or twice a month thing going, whatever you want. If I did not get to your question this time, I promise, promise, promise I will next time. Love you all. Bye. Thanks for listening, daters. I hope today's episode made you feel just a little bit less alone out there, no matter what your status might be. Give your finger a break from swiping and hit that follow and review button instead. And if you have any burning questions or want to share your own dating horror stories, reach out to seeingotherpeoplepodcast at gmail.com. And in the meantime, keep on seeing other people. Well,